This is Back of House News, where we cover the biggest restaurant and food service industry headlines. This week, we discuss a new round of restaurant relief that was passed by the House last Thursday, plus the latest development in third-party delivery lawsuits and an AI solution to help with your morning coffee. It's Thursday, April 14th. I'm Claudia Sarek. Did you know that Yelp is about more than just restaurant reviews? Yelp Guest Manager can help you with your reservations, waitlist management, front-of-house operations, and more. Visit backofhouse.io today to schedule your demo and receive a $100 gift card. In today's top story, we break down a new $42 billion relief package that passed through the House last week. For more details, we go to back of house reporter Grace Dickinson. Hi, Grace. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Claudia. Good to be back. So just as many operators were beginning to lose hope about any future federal funding, a new bill passes through the House, which is really exciting. Yeah, so it's been almost a year now of attempts to get more funding passed through Congress. And so it is pretty exciting. Last Thursday, a $55 billion small business aid package was passed by the House, and that's expected to soon head to the Senate floor for a standalone vote. This bill, it allocates $42 billion for the Restaurant Revitalization Fund, and then it also allocates another $13 billion for other hard-hit businesses. These could be gyms, live entertainment venues, sporting venues, anything really impacted by the pandemic. Yeah. And what a crucial time this has come uh, for our industry. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there have been reports that 80% of restaurants that didn't receive an original RRF grant are reported to be on the verge of closure. And that would add to the already 90,000 restaurants and bars that are estimated to have closed since the beginning of the pandemic. You know, this is why industry activist groups aren't giving up on that fight for more funding. Mm. When you speak when you speak specifically with restaurant owners who haven't gotten RRF funding, it's pretty clear that they're now finding that they're having simply trouble keeping up with their competitors. And this is especially true when we look at the labor market and just how competitive you have to be in terms of hiring and attracting staff. Yeah, absolutely. So who would be eligible for funding under this bill then? Is it only open to those who didn't receive initial RRF funding or is it open to everyone? So if the bill passes, it will be open to those who previously qualified for RRF but didn't actually get a grant. And we know that's about two thirds of applicants. So these restaurants do, though, they need to be currently open or they have to have plans to reopen within the next six months. And they're not planning on accepting any new applicants here. However, for restaurants that didn't apply, it's potential that they could be eligible for the $13 billion that's going to be allocated for other businesses. And this is according to the bill's co-author, Representative Earl Blumenauer. So is the $42 billion thought to be enough then to cover the two-thirds of applicants who didn't receive funding from the initial RRF round? Yeah, it's highly expected that this will be enough, but in the unlikely event that it's not, the bill does outline some flexibility in terms of you know being able to reduce those grants so that everyone does receive some funding and doing it in a way that's equitable. The bill also includes some enhanced auditing and reporting requirements, and this is to ensure transparency of the funding and also to prevent fraud. We're actually, the bill is actually supposed to be partially funded from some of that fraudulent pandemic spending that's now recovered from programs like RRF and the PPP. Ah, interesting. 
So any idea on when we can expect to hear if this passes through the Senate? Yeah, so we're looking at the end of the month. According to the Independent Restaurant Coalition, their co-founder said that he had a recent conversation with the Senator Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, and Schumer indicated that he's going to bring it to the Senate floor for a vote after this two-week recess that Congress is taking, you know, following Easter and Passover. I see. Well, we know the entire industry will be keeping an eye on that, us included. Thanks so much for joining us, Grace. Thanks, Claudia. Pleasure to be here. In other news, the New York State Senate and Assembly just legalized to-go cocktails in the state for three more years. This allows restaurants, bars, and retail license holders that sell booze on premise to resume the practice immediately. It's the latest in a string of moves in states and cities to make some of the more popular pandemic restaurant allowances more permanent. One caveat in the New York City law, customers have to buy a substantial food item along with any drinks. So if you want to take your Sazerac or painkiller on the road, be prepared to pair it with a sandwich. Speaking of pandemic practices, early in the shutdown, individual meals and catering were a lifeline for restaurants that couldn't allow diners indoors. Now that group dining, office life, and buffets have made their return, many operators plan to maintain or even ramp up food to go, reports Nation's Restaurant News. While catering was the first department to go for many companies during COVID, we instead retained our team and refocused efforts on where the guest needs were shifting, said Marissa Travis, director of catering at Postino Wine Cafe out of Phoenix, Arizona. For restaurants accustomed to making a big profit on boxed lunches and other types of catering, competition just got that much more intense. Delivery apps aren't cheap. But have they driven up restaurant prices across the board? That's the claim in a proposed 2020 class action lawsuit that a federal judge in Manhattan declined to dismiss last week. The firm handling the suit says Grubhub, Uber Eats, and Postmates charge so much in fees that consumers and restaurants alike feel the effects. That's even if you're not buying your meal through the app. Restaurants have to charge consumers super competitive prices to those who do not buy their meals through the delivery apps, so consumers are driven to purchase meals through the apps. But because of defendants' unjustifiably high fees, meals sold through the apps are more expensive than they should be. The suit seeks damages for anyone who bought food directly from restaurants that contracted with those delivery apps dating back to April of 2016. Meanwhile, DoorDash is zeroing in on the college circuit. The delivery leader just dropped DashPass, a membership plan curated specifically for undergrad and grad students. For five bucks a month, about half the cost of the normal DoorDash membership, students can skip the restaurant delivery fee and get access to deliveries from grocery and convenience stores, plus member perks like free or discounted menu items. That's a long way from five cents ramen. Finally, Panera is testing out a new AI solution designed to keep your coffee fresh. 
Partnering with Miso Robotics, the brains behind such headline-grabbing tech as Flippy the Burger Flipping Robot, the chain will be using the Cookrite system to monitor the coffee station for volume, temperature, and time of day to better track and anticipate demand. Panera staff will be informed when a new batch of coffee is needed, eliminating the need to keep an eye on the station throughout the day. That's all for this week, folks. Bye-bye.